Welcome back to the Placetech podcast, where we meet with the people bringing property into the tech era. Today, I'm joined by Andrew Cook and Ed Vickery. Andrew is Strategic Director at Bruntwood Works, which owns and manages over 5 million square feet of inspiring workspace environments and offers everything from individual co-working desks and meeting rooms to fully managed offices in superb locations across Manchester, Cheshire, Leeds, Liverpool and Birmingham to help businesses thrive and grow. Ed Vickery is Director of Studio Tech, which delivers specialist architectural lighting and dynamic control solutions to projects across the UK. Andrew, if I can start with you, um, can you tell us a bit about how Bruntwood Works approaches tech? Yes, I mean, well, it's it's something that we've been thinking around for, for, for many years now. I guess, you know, tech is evolving. Technology is all encompassing now. It, it covers every single part of our business. And I guess for our customers and for us as well, it's about creating, uh, I guess, better convenience, uh, better sustainability, better productivity, uh, better efficiency for our buildings and spaces. Um, as I said, it, it covers every single part of our business. So we, whilst we have a um, solutions architecture team, um, you know, focused on our customer and colleague digital journey, um, it, it really needs to be embedded into every single part of our business. Every single part of the business needs to adopt a digital first mindset. And what we're really thinking about is how our physical spaces can interact with the digital behaviors of our customers to create that enhanced um, customer experience. And as I say, it can be anything from from creating um, productive um, spaces for our customers, running them more efficiently, um, enhancing um, the uh, sustainability and energy efficiency um, credentials of the building, really anything um, that that, um, that will uh, enhance our spaces. Okay. And um, what, what can tech bring to, to customers in your view? Um, I mean, you know, where can you start with it? It, it can bring, it, it's got so many different facets in so many different areas. Um, it, it, it can improve not only the the user experience so creating a, a more seamless um, integrated experience as you as you as you go into our buildings and use that space but it can also create insights on how that space is being used so if you think about it as um, the technology is is capturing the data that data can be used um, can be crunched and interpreted to look at different ways of designing our buildings for the futures. So, so sensor technology, um, cameras, different data points um, through our buildings, almost creating a, a digital twin for them can better help us um, uh, make, um, make uh, decisions in the future on, on how we, on we, how we uh, run and manage those spaces. Okay, and um, Ed, you've been working with Bruntwood Works um, on the uh, the new lighting system in uh, One Eleven Piccadilly. Yeah. Um, you tell us a little bit about some of the benefits of that system. Yeah. So, so that specifically, um, you know, it's probably one of the most sort of uh, 
it's probably the most dramatic lighting installs you'll see um, across the, the UK, um, certainly, uh, I know, and across Europe. In, in Asia, they invest in this type of thing quite regularly, but certainly from the UK's perspective, um, this is a, a lighting scheme that, that the likes of which is very rarely seen, which is what's so exciting for us. Um, you know, the, obviously, there are there are very specific um, you know, benefits to the system you see at one level in Piccadilly and the more general benefits regarding architectural lighting obviously are, are, are numerous and I could go on for hours and hours which we haven't got to go through but in terms of specifically for one level in Piccadilly it's it's where it is is sort of the, the where where it is in Manchester down the ramp from the train station um, it's, it's very much a, a beacon there um, and you know it's very much a literal beacon and also sort of a metaphorical beacon for um, you know what what light can do what it can show that the technology Andrew was talking about that's brought into that the fact it's such an engaging feature both sort of from from a personal perspective being able to engage with it through, through things like Twitter through Instagram which we'll be sort of promoting more so at a later stage but just in terms of what it brings to that area uh, what it brings to that part of Manchester um, that you know I think that area is very much a transit area, transit area. You've got people sort of walking through with their head down, wanting to get their commute over with. And when I was there watching it being demonstrated last week, um, you just saw uh, countless people stop and take a video of, of the lighting. And, and just it brought such a feel good. Um, that's probably the best feedback we can actually get on a lighting scheme is to see people stop, watch and just take in their surroundings for a change, which is not something we do a great deal at the moment. Um, and so it just it's brought such a such life to that area um, much more broadly what that that lighting will do is um, I mean it, it's so it's so vast um, if that can promote sort of the use of architectural lighting um, throughout Manchester um, which I think we'll be seeing more and more of again I might be talking too far outside the, the direct point but in terms of um, you know, there's they're the cities and we've got to be, got to be um, you know, enhancing our cities and architectural lines are a fantastic way of doing that because we're going to have to support our pubs and restaurants and bars um, and architectural lighting is such a, a, an amazing way of doing that, and particularly with the uh, rural, re, rural relocation that's going on at the moment with everyone sort of up, up in sticks and going out into the countryside. We need to be bringing people back into cities. They're, they're the social, economic hubs uh, of our country and we have to be making the cities attractive and architectural lighting and particularly ones that are dynamic fun engaging um as as one level piccadilly is a fantastic way of doing that and can you describe it for us what what uh, what would people see if they went down there um it, it they'll see something i mean it depends on the content because it's so it's so sort of transformative um it very much depends on what's displaying at that time but in essence the building is is sort of fully wrapped in in lighting you've got two kilometers of of color changeable lighting um that's wrapping around that building um the it's capable of displaying literally millions of colors i think there's Oh, I should have known something off the top of my head. But about ten thousand individually controllable fixtures within that that sort of light wrap, um, so it can display anything that that, that is sort of within that, that capability. So we've displayed the chomper last week, which is um, a bit of a take on the Halloween monster. And we did some tentacle style. There'd be more sort of geometric sort of morphing of the building through light. Um, then some simple ones like a big love heart on Valentine's Day, something like that. It sounds fantastic. Um, and Andrew, uh, we've heard about your sort of general approach to, to tech and work tech. Um, let's, let's 
drill down a little bit more specifically um, into what does this mean in more detail for things like property management, um, energy and sustainability facilities? Are, are there any sort of examples that, uh, that you can give us about how um, tech can improve things for you? Yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, certainly from from the examples that you've given, you know, property management um, with uh, the technology that we are putting in monitoring how a building's used. And, and in particular, I use the example of 111 Piccadilly um, because that is, you know, our, our smart building. That will be a, a digital blueprint for things that we do in the future. But we, we're embedding um, sensor technology in there to monitor how the building um, is operating we can use it to um, run better efficiencies on how the building is cleaned and managed and resourced. You know, we could um, monitor the areas that the building has high density throughout the day, focus our cleaning on those areas or focus our on-site teams to resource those areas better, which will enhance the, the customer experience. There's a whole... Um, Whole variety of different ways that we can interpret that data to provide, um, I guess, better efficiencies. And, and I guess you know you can think about that as better efficiencies for for us, for for Bruntwood Works, for the for the landlord, but also for the customer because the customer can run their spaces better. Um, and again, they they may see some cost savings there. And then I guess from you know a sustainability and an energy perspective. Um, you know, as, as Ed was saying, you know, the, the, the draw of, of global cities um, will come back. You know, there are expected to be, you know, a, a few billion people um, expected to move into into the global cities by by 2050. And they need energy to build and operate them. So we want to ensure that our buildings are resilient, you know, real estate as a sector needs to decarbonize. And if we can run our buildings more efficiently in how we are using energy, uh, whether that be through smart technology, you know, uh, with, with opening and closing windows, something as simple as that, or, or how we heat and cool a building uh, at peak parts of the day, um, that the technology is there. I think what, what we're looking at now is every single facet of our building, um, where we are putting new um, fabric or systems in, where we can looking at systems that have an open protocol um, so they can link and speak to the building management system, so they can link and speak to our back-end systems. So we're harnessing all the different data points to improve um, the experience of that building for our customers. And, and really, that's what it comes back to. This isn't, this isn't technology just for the sake of it, we want to create a better user experience for our customers. And in turn, that will have a knock on effect, you know, on, on attracting people to the building, retaining customers. Um, you know, the war on talent has, has, I guess, never been greater. And if you can uh, work in a space that is highly productive, surely that is going to be a draw for any any business, probably even more so coming out the, the other side of you know the, the COVID crisis. Um, so it really has, in, in terms of how you manage and run the building efficiently, it's got so many um, areas that it, that, it, that it can improve. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's great. Thank you. And Ed, is, um, is, is this something that you're seeing more widely in the market? Are you seeing other developers do uh, different sort of projects like this? 
It's a really, really good question, and I'd say the answer is yes. We are seeing a lot more of it. Um, I've got to admit, Bruntwood have, have sort of been the, ahead of the game, the trendsetters, really. There are others that are investing in it, but Bruntwood is certainly one of the, um, the, the you know, really strong in that aspect. So, um, yeah, we're seeing a lot more of it, particularly with, with again, the, the things I was mentioning earlier, that we are going to have to be drawing people back to our cities. There is going to be a a real um, you know desire to, to sort of engender that desire to return to people to return to their cities so I'm seeing a lot more of it lots of more um, a lot more inquiries relating to outside space and and harnessing um, the power of light to sort of encourage people to those areas um, so yeah we are seeing an, certainly an uptake obviously you know may it be the company where I work for I'd, I'd love to see even more and that's sort of incumbent upon us to use um, projects like 111 Piccadilly to promote how good architectural lighting can be and how much of a positive impact it can have on on not only the the people who work in 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 the building or, or um you know people who walk past it stakeholders i know tourism all those sorts of things so so we've got to sort of promote the benefits um and be looking at sort of um you know how we can encourage councils and landowners and architects all that to invest in this type of um, you know, in this type of technology in lighting, because it's it has such a profound positive impact on such a great deal of people that um, I believe it, it very much it pays for itself in many respects, in a tangible and intangible way. Okay, and Andrew, um, tell us a little bit about what, what features people would see inside the building, given this is this is your sort of uh, digital blueprint. It's the first pioneer building, or one of the first. Um, what, what would it, people expect to see? Um, so, well, yeah, once you've got past a 200 foot uh, lighting install on the outside of the building, um, you you would be approached through uh, with a digital concierge. So you're um, wayfinding throughout the building. There'll be a, a digital kiosk which with key information about how the building is being used at that time. Um, it's right next to Piccadilly train station. It'll have all the, um, the the latest train times. It'll have you know weather information um, in and around uh, about in and around the vicinity of the building. So um, so people arriving uh, can can plan their forward journeys. And I guess um, you would then uh, walk into a um, a lounge, a, a coffee shop um, that is full of digital screens holding more information again about how the building's being being used. Um, but then there's a lot of things that you won't necessarily see um, or, or certainly not not notice because they're, they're sat there working behind the scenes, capturing that data. You know things like our um, our building sensors, our air monitoring equipment, which which monitors the air quality uh, and space utilization, will be there in the background, providing that information and that data about how how the space is being used and and better, um, you know, improving the the air quality. Um, we we're going to be the first, uh, or hopefully the first, um, co-working space in Europe. Um, to be uh, well uh, accredited uh, and that is through some of this technology that we're putting in that again as I say mo monitors the, the air quality and, and, and space use and, and, and energy. Um, you will see um, or you may notice um, our um, circadian lighting which is um, it is lighting um, to um, create a natural environment which will better regulate 
um, sleep cycles, um, you know, hunger, alertness, hormone release, body temperature are all linked into the environment that you're actually in at that time. And this circadian lighting has been designed in a way which better regulates that. So what we're hoping is the users of the building um, are going to be more productive when they're in that space. Now, if we start to think about um, the draw from, you know, working at home and working in the office, you know, there is going to be a hybrid approach in the future. There's no question about it. But there are things that um, Bruntwood Works and landlords can do to really um, bring people back into the office and show the strength, show the the impact on the customer for actually having um, having that option to you know to to work in a city centre in a building such as this. Um, so there's there's a whole whole variety of of, of different um, uh, different pieces of uh, of technology going there. As I say, a lot of it you won't see, but um, but it, it it helps better inform how we um, you know we continue to manage that building. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Um, and how how do you sort of view that? Is it is it a cost? Is it an investment? And how do you how do you measure that? Do you, are you looking for a return? Um, just put me in the your business mindset when you're approaching uh, these sorts of things. Yeah, I mean, it's. Um, I think I guess with 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 real estate in general, with, with with our considerations of some of this technology, you know, it is scaling very very quickly. But but the way we've got to look at it, and if we are really truly taking a digital first approach, is it would be a false economy not to invest in some of these technologies. Um, you might see an upfront um, capital saving in any scheme cost, um, but long term, the expenditure is likely to be great, greater. So with every scheme that we're approaching and certainly 111 being a, being a blueprint for that, um, we are we are factoring in the cost for enhancing the building services through, you know, through efficient um, technology. Um for us, it will. There's a big cost um, that, that, uh, that, or a big um, uh, consideration into the data that comes from it to inform the future decisions. So, what we can learn from our customers um, through in-life data gives us themes we can then spot where we can look at how we design and deliver, develop our spaces in the future. So, you know, you know, an extreme example of that might be, you know, you look at how a building is, 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 is run and managed. You look at maybe, um, you know, lift data, how many people are using the lifts at peak times or, um, or, or how they're getting up and down the building. That might inform us to deliver and develop a building in the future with fewer lifts. I mean, that is a very extreme example, but it could really um, it could really dictate how we look to design our buildings in the future. Um, you know, I, I, I guess a, a simpler version of that is how often, you know, showers are being used, bike facilities, drying facilities, wellness uh, facilities in the building. How are they being used? How are the customers um, interacting with those spaces? Take on board that data, learn from it, and then implement it in any future scheme. Andrew, if I can, um, just on on sort of the the, the ROI, I appreciate it's it's really difficult. This question I've been asked before is is how do you measure the success? I, I think it's it's not the easiest thing to be able to do on a, on a quantitative basis. But um, take for example when we did the the initial launch of Lena Street, 
Um, we just did a, a real sort of basic content, nothing overly dramatic. It was more just to give us a pre-Christmas, um, a bit of a sneak peek into it. And then um, we there was a recording of it. It was posted on uh, LinkedIn. And then I think within about, again, don't quote me the figures, but I think within sort of 24, 48 hours, I think it garnered around 60-odd thousand views. Um, so... Again, that, that's that's a huge amount of people that have seen this, and it's creating that impression of the brand, what it wants to invest in, how it wants to be perceived, the innovation, the progressive nature of it. So I think it's it's from from my side again, factoring back, going back to the lighting aspect, um, then it, it's difficult to really measure it. But you know that you know sixty thousand odd views in in a day on this lighting, showing off this lighting scheme, which your company has. Has put, uh, you know, had the had the confidence and the, the you know, the innovative, um, you know, the, the inspiration to go with it. I think that can only be a really, really positive thing, and and will further the brand, and um, you know, creates a pretty, pretty decent impression, both you know, creating knowledge of the brand itself, but also what it's like and what it sort of likes to invest in, and then the, the fun sort of technology-based um, enterprise type type aspect. So, you know, from, from that, I imagine um, there's quite a lot of it, sort of intangible. How would you measure the, the investment of the lighting? Um, yeah. Really, it's it, it difficult to do so. It's, it's, do you know what? You've, you've hit the nail on the head. I guess there's tangible and intangible, um, you know, uh, uh, factors you can measure. I think with any development, you know, we're going to, we are, you know, a property developer. We are going to look at the return on investment, uh, the return for our money, the capital expenditure and, and how, you know, quickly we make that back as an overall scheme. But there are so many different component parts on how you can measure that. Some, some are tangible, uh, you know, in terms of, rent per square foot or number of customers um, that you you know retain at a break or expiry um, you know very very kind of hard and fast I guess financial metrics but absolutely the 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 more intangible you know what it does for your brand and proposition um, I, I feel that that you know property is definitely moving in a way um, that that maybe some other industries like um, the hotel industry, for instance, has moved where people are drawn to brands. You know, they want that connection. They want to understand um, that kind of brand affinity. And I think if we are developing spaces uh, or starting to develop spaces like this and, and roll it out, then Bruntwood Works will hopefully be um, somewhere that, that people you know, want to want to work um you know with 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 the war with the war on talent it wouldn't it be great if if your employees are saying you know i want to work in a bruntwood works building um you know and we move we move from the b to b um area that we're into almost b to c you know we are we're trying to attract um, individuals to 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 uh, to want to be in a in a Brooklyn Works building and see the value of it. So yes, I think there's exactly as you said. There's probably a there's probably a balance between the two. Hard and fast financial metrics. Yes, they need to be there, but um, but also the more intangible, um, yeah, levels of engagement you get around your brands and proposition. Yeah, and indeed, it's interesting, isn't it? That that sort of uh, bleed into B to C or from B to C into B to B. Um, we hear a lot, especially where tech is involved. Um, just throwing the eye forward a little bit, are there um, features that you're looking at or partners that you're you're exploring, working with that um, people might expect to see come forward in uh, in property in the next 
year or two um, in, in any of the projects that you're working on? Um, I mean, yes, we, 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 we've got uh, an eye on the horizon. We have, you know, an innovation and R&D pot within the business that, that we can use to, to go out and, and, and test new ideas, you know, start small scale quickly is definitely an ethos that we that we work with um i guess for 111 we've got a new uh, customer um app in the part in the pipeline um we are working um or hoping to work with smart spaces on delivering a new uh, new app for the building so that's a digital community for our customers um there are i mean there's so many uh, interesting and innovative companies out there um about um, looking at how people are using space and, and, and certainly some of the ones that are catching my attention at the moment are how customers in a post-COVID world might view space um, perhaps um, remotely rather than necessarily you know getting around the building and we've had some pretty exciting very very early discussions um with with um, a particular company about how we can create uh, a full um um ar environment to um not only view space but start to space plan it in real time um so we've we've got a partnership in the pipeline at the moment with a specific company uh, i don't think i'm allowed to mention at this stage okay. but uh, but uh, but yeah some 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 very very um exciting things and and really innovative companies um you know that the the whole area of of, of prop tech at the moment is is just just booming and and you know not a day passes whether i'm reading place tech or or whatever where there isn't something that catches my eye i think oh do you know what that that could really bring something interesting to you know to our customers and, and i guess that's what it comes back to again you know not to keep um, to keep harking on but it really it, it's got to be there to improve the customer experience whether that's a new customer to the portfolio or, or an existing customer in their in-house uh in in life um you know experience of the building yeah, there's, there's, it's certainly a hot market in tech at the moment. Um, seen a lot of acceleration of take up of uh, new ideas this year. And Andrew, just before we uh, before we wrap up, any final uh, closing thoughts from from yourself on this uh, this uh, sort of digital journey with Brumwood Works? Um, I guess I mean, th- listen, it, it's it, it's not straightforward. This is a massively emerging, or or it continues to emerge. It, you know, new technology is coming along, as as I was saying it, uh, earlier. I think what we need to keep coming back to is why are we putting, you know, why are we considering putting these these things in our buildings? We want to solve a recognised problem. We want to, you know, fix an operational experience or uh, or or the commercial performance. We can find there is technology now to find that to fix that. You know, we in all parts of our life we want to simplify processes. We want that seamless experience. Uh, and again, you know, through technology, we, we we're able to do that now. So um, yeah, one eleven is is absolutely the uh, the flagship, the, the blueprint for that. But um, but already we've we've got half a dozen other schemes that are starting to look at um you know similar similar issues and trying to solve them with technology so um yeah exciting times it certainly is uh, thanks andrew and ed for sharing your insight today uh, really invaluable stuff there um uh, thank you all for listening to this place tech podcast and i hope you can all join us again soon thank you